Professional wrestling, like real life, is full of surprises. Hi everyone, it's Freddie Prinze Jr. And it's no surprise I can talk wrestling all day, any day. Kind of like how State Farm agents can talk insurance and help you choose the right coverage. When it comes to important insurance decisions, let State Farm support you with the coverage you need backed with 24-7 support. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose. This week, I talked to Tiffany Haddish in a hilarious, deep, thoughtful interview where we dive into family trauma, grief, sobriety, love, and dating. I got a big heart. And I'm very forgiving, but like, don't abuse it. It's been abused enough. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss this one. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Mini Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. Welcome to Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. This week, I'm talking to the one and only Ryan Seacrest. Love the connection to people. I think at the core, what I get excited about, what gets me up in the morning, is connecting with people. In an unscripted, unvarnished way. It's getting to, to say something to them, hear back from them, know that I'm part of the routine and I look forward to getting on the air. I look forward to it. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark more than ever. Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Jordan Gonsalves, and I'm a journalist. Join me on my new podcast, But We Loved, coming May 15th where queer elders recount the amazing history they've lived through. In the middle of Wall Street, they stopped traffic. They were doing a die-in. And in the process, share little gems of wisdom for the next generation. The key is to understanding yourself, learning to love and embrace yourself. You can listen to But We Loved May 15th on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is He Said, Ella Dijo with Eric Winter and Rosalind Sanchez. Okay, okay. We are back with another new episode, some new guests. My wife is on fire because she's been working all day and she's exhausted and she's on her home stretch to coming home, but we are here and we made it. Hello. Made it. Hi. Hi, guys. I didn't think I was going to make it, but, uh, but I'm here. Exhausted, but all good. Well, we have, Let's do it. We have an exciting guest, Chef Marcela Valladolid. Did I say that correct? Valladolid. Valladolid. She is an Emmy-nominated celebrity chef, television personality, designer, author, mother, businesswoman. Um, I mean, she does it all. It's, a, it's incredible. And she has an amazing new children's cookbook coming out called Cocinando on Cook Street. So let's go ahead and bring her in. I, I love learning about chefs. Hi. 
Welcome to, he said, ella dijo, qué bueno, qué gusto tenerte. Gracias, gracias. So, Marcela, I was just, we were just talking about the slate of things that you have done, that you're involved in. I mean, we know you're an Emmy-nominated celebrity chef, television personality, designer, businesswoman, you do it all. Um, one thing I'm curious about is, as a chef, this is something, have you ever have you ever owned, or did you start by owning your own restaurant, or did you just dive into being a chef and exploring, you know, the the, pers the TV personality side of things? Yes. Give me a little bit of that background. Yeah, I love this question. Um, I made a conscious decision. I think I was um, I was a student of architecture, and my aunt Marcela opened up one of the first culinary schools in Baja. And she gave me my first job. And um, I was basically, I, I was uh, uh, los trastes. I would wash the dishes and clean the veggies. Like I was just, I was her, 100% her assistant. And I made a conscious decision back then that um, I wanted to drop my architecture career and focus on culinary, but that I wanted nothing to do with restaurants. So I'm 43 now. So that was more than 20 years ago that I said I never want to be behind the line. I have a huge amount of respect for chefs that do that. But, um, and back in the day, like when I sent a VHS of me cooking, like that's how old I am. Like TV <laughs> cooking wasn't really a thing as it is now. Like now people are used to recording everything that they eat and that they cook regardless yeah. of your uh, chosen career. But back when I was coming up, we had like Emerald Lagasse, we had Rachel Ray was coming up. Like it, nobody was really watching the Food Network. It was like, uh, who's going to take a chance on, the, on a network that's all food? And I was like, I want to do that because I want to have the opportunity. Uh, the goal, it was, it was twofold. One was um, I grew up on the border. I was raised in Tijuana, would cross the border every day to go to school in San Diego. So it was impeccably clear to me that the perception that America had of Mexico was totally wrong because I saw it every day of my life. Like I spent half of the day in America and half of the day in Mexico. And I was like, they're not getting it. Like what actually happens here and how we live and how we eat and how we dress and the music and the art and the culture, like they don't get it. So in my mind, it was like, I need a platform on television to show them my beautiful Mexico far away from the stereotype of what the media portrays us to be. So I made that decision like a, a billion years ago. Yeah. Very interesting. And is part of that decision come, because, well, I mean, I, I think that's a two, two part decision I'm, I'm guessing, because not every restaurant chef can have a personality to be on screen, convey their recipes, make it exciting, make it fun. Like that's a gift and a talent all in and of itself. But also, I understand the restaurant business is brutal, and it's not. Yeah. You could be an amazing chef, but if you can't keep the restaurant afloat, or you're just losing because it's so expensive to stay in business, that's probably part of the decision making. I'm guessing behind that, right? Yeah, I don't think I was even. I was 19 or 20 when I made that choice, so I don't even think I was aware of the percentage of restaurants that actually make it after a year. I think it's something like you know half of them actually make it beyond six months. Uh, yeah, I think no. that's the actual number. Um, and I just wasn't aware. I was a huge fan and still am. And my mom, who's now in heaven, she collected every single Martha Stewart magazine since the inception of the magazine. So for me, that was the path. Like, I love that you bring up restaurants because people think it's one in the same. But yeah. for me, los restaurantes ni pintaban, like they weren't even a part of my inner conversation. Of, wow. about what a career in food could be. Um, my grandfather, who's also now in heaven, he also collected, coincidentally, every single Bon Appetit magazine, like back in the Bill Gary days when it started as a catalog. So I was super exposed to 
food culture and paths that involved studying and teaching food that had nothing to do with the restaurant business. So it wasn't even something that I ever even considered. Later in life, I got, I've gotten so many opportunities. We've been flown out to Vegas to look at spaces. We've talked about it. Like there's been this, there's that. And I'm like, for honestly, first I was like, when Fausto, my teenager, who's now 18, I was like, when he goes to college, I will give myself the opportunity to consider a restaurant because I know what it takes. Like I, I yeah. knowing me, I would live in that restaurant. I would live there. Or, like I would yeah. camp out there and I would yeah. live there. <laughs> Um, because my favorite restaurants are the ones where the owner is there greeting the people and knowing like, cheers, man, like everybody knows your name. Like that's what I envisioned for restaurant. And then I went and had two more kids that are now, uh, David, he's seven. And then Anna is, she's five. Oh, chiquito. Um, Chiquito. So now maybe when they go to college in 15 years, then we can have this conversation again about opening a restaurant. And I would probably literally move there. Wow. Okay. I get it. When did you decide to then leave Tijuana? At what age did you actually move to the States? Yeah. Well, I spent, I feel like I didn't really move because I'm right at the board. I'm in Chula Vista, South San Diego. So I am literally 50 minutes away from driving to my dad's house in Tijuana, but I made the actual physical move um, 13 years ago. So I lived the first 30 years of my life in Tijuana. I had my son there, um, the whole thing. And then I moved up because the career started getting interesting. And on, here's the honest truth. Like I tried to do all of this in Mexico and they would not have me. <laughs> they would wow. not have me in Spanish. Um, so God. so I, I started doing like local TV. I did a lot of local TV in Tijuana, local TV in San Diego. And then the Food Network called, and then it just kind of started from there. And I, all of my traveling was coming out of San Diego, so I did the move. That's home for you right now, San Diego. Mm-hmm. Okay. Do you know our friend Mario Lopez from Chula Vista? I love Mario Lopez. His mom is my neighbor. Every really? time, I, yeah. His mom. Every time I um, I'm on his show, we talk. I'm like, tell your mom if she needs some sugar to come and knock on the door. Like, I love and, it. Um, yeah. Uh, Mario has our tortas, right? Mario's tortas or something like that. He has his oh, own he's product. doing everything. Yeah, Mario has everything. He doesn't cook any tortas. It's like, and everywhere you are, everywhere you travel, everywhere it's he's like he's like a he's like Big Brother. <laughs> he, he, he has, I think he has a mission: make you gain weight with his tortas, make you work out with his workout bands, and then just vegetate, you know, veg and watch <laughs> movies in the hotel. He's got all, and then have tequila and drink afterwards. He's like the Latino Martha Stewart, but for like for yeah. As an actor, a producer, and a proud Latino father, my days can get very busy, which is why I make sure to dedicate time to what's important like supporting my community through my work, sharing my Colombian and Venezuelan culture, and being present for my family, which is everything to me. Hey everyone, it's Wilmer Valderrama. And we're reflecting on what matters most. I start by giving thanks for good support in my life whenever I need to make the big decisions. How about you? If it's insurance you need, State Farm is there to help you choose the right coverage for you. And State Farm offers great support 24-7. Just call an agent. State Farm is also a big supporter of My Cultura Podcast Network by helping to share our Latinx voices. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Listen to new episodes of your favorite My Cultura shows wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. 
At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am, like I am, where it is. This isn't going to work. I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, if... no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, my name's Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose. I just had a great conversation with Michael B. Jordan, and you can listen to it right now. Michael is known for his performances in both film and television. His breakout role was in Fruitvale Station, playing Oscar Grant, which earned him widespread praise and numerous award nominations. His portrayal of Killmonger in Marvel's Black Panther, one of my favorites, further solidified his status as one of Hollywood's leading actors, earning him widespread acclaim for his complex and compelling performance. In our conversation, Michael really opens up. You're going to love listening to it, and I can't wait for you to check it out. The closest to getting what you want is always the hardest. It's always the feeling when you're getting ready. You know, people give up right before they get what they've always wanted to get. People quit. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is an NAACP and Webby award-winning podcast dedicated to all things mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. Here... We have the conversations that help Black women decipher how their past inform who they are today and use that information to decide who they want to be moving forward. We chat about things like how to establish routines that center self-care, what burnout looks and feels like, and defining what aspects of our lives are making us happy and what parts are holding us back. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia. And I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, 
Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. Let me ask you this. So you, you, you obviously, Mexican food, I know a lot of things you've cooked, your, your recipes and stuff like that has come from family recipes. Um, what's your, if any other food you can cook, what is your favorite? Oh, well, I, I was trained in the, in the French tradition. I trained at the, at the Ritz's Cafe in Paris. And uh, my, because of my family tradition, uh, the fu- before fusion like was a thing, mm-hmm. I grew up with a very, very, um, my grandfather, who's my biggest inspiration, he was, he was a Francophile obsessed. So he was cooking from like Pont Escoffier and all of the master French wow. chefs since I was a little girl. So I saw him fuse all of that technique and all of those teachings with Mex- with traditional Mexican. So for me, the magic happens when like French and traditional Mexican collide. So I would say traditional French with all of their technique. Ooh. Oh my God. That's I amazing. really want to eat your food now. This sounds amazing. <laughs> that fusion sounds incredible. Cocinando on Cook Street. This was an idea that started when, or did you always like, I don't know, maybe 10, 15, you know, usually when you write a book, you're like, I've been thinking about it for 10, 15 years. Was this something that you knew all along? I'm going to, I'm going to write something data for kids. Yeah, literally I had it. And it was precisely, and they say like any good idea um, is seated a decade prior. And it's crazy. I think I I internalized that idea because that's my career has been very slow in that sense. Like I'll come up with an idea and 10 years later, I will see it come to fruition. So I'm, I've, I've learned to become very patient, but literally close to 10, 15 years ago, I spoke to um, a, a, a very, uh, there was this huge Mexican cart- animated movie that came out, La Leyenda de la Nahuala, not, not big in the States, but very big in Mexico. And I reached out to the, the man who animated, the, that created the movie. And I was like, I really want to do uh, something for kids and cooking, kind of like what Dora, the explorer, was doing, but like with food and introduce different cultures, obviously centered on Mexican cuisine, but do an introduction to like, you know, the culinary world from across the globe for kids. So we went and we did sketches. We talked about it forever. That was literally 15 years ago. And then during pandemic, Patti Rodriguez, um, which you guys probably know, uh, who's the founder <laughs> of Little Libros, came down to our home in Chula Vista and yeah. she's like, do you want to do a kid's book? And before she even finished the sentence, I was like, yeah, just where do I sign? Like, yeah, I'm in a hundred percent. So I am, I am such a fan of Patty. She's incredible. This girl is just like a, like, like a, like a force, you know, it's, it's amazing. She's a champion for us. She's a believer. I think where, um, you know, without getting too much into politics, I think we're constantly in the, especially now as Latinos, we're in this space where we're, we're constantly getting the messages that we are victims of something. Mm-hmm. And then you see some, someone like her that takes all of her Latinidad and uses it to build a company. And I think that's why I was so drawn to her. Like she took all of the icons with unapologetically, like stuff that maybe people would be like, well, who's going to know who a Chavo del Ocho is or who's going to know about La Virgen de Guadalupe or who's going to know, like all these super iconic uh, images that I grew up with, she turned them into books. And while everybody's trying to assimilate and create, you know, products that the the entirety of the U.S. needs to be able to digest and understand, she was like, "Uh uh-uh, we're just going to focus on this. And by doing that, she not only 
you know, taps into us that feel very much unseen. She invited the entire, you know, US to come and understand and learn about our culture. So that's why, honestly, that's been my goal in all of this. It's like, yeah, I speak to my community. I have a super strong community. They're so supportive and so loving and loving and have brought me so much success. And I'm so grateful. But the goal is not just to speak to them directly, but to be very inclusive and bring everybody in to truly understand the culture. That's that's fantastic. You're a mom of three. Yes. Young kids and a teenager as a, as a chef, as somebody that, that like, you know, food is your life, you know, and you like fresh ingredients and you have books, you know, and how difficult or how easy it is to have kids eat what you want. Are they like problematic when it comes to feeding them? Because we have two, one, Sabella is 10, Dylan is four, and it's a battle. <laughs> oh, it's, it's a battle for me too. I love it when people are like, your kids must eat everything. We literally had, David has an ear infection, so he didn't go to school and he wanted Shake Shack and that's what we had for lunch. Like we, <laughs> we, we, it's, it's about balance. I think, I think, they are definitely, and I talk about this a lot when I'm talking about the children's food, they've been introduced to everything. And I think people give up so easily because kids won't eat. But I always like to say, to answer your question, David will go uh, four days with eating no vegetables. Like it's a struggle. Fausto, el de 18, my teenager who's 18, uh -huh. he grew up mostly with his, he's from my first marriage. And uh, my, my first marriage, his dad, they don't even speak English, son charros. So he grew up eating like pozole, carnitas, panza, like he's full on, like he will eat chile, like he doesn't care. He's, he'll bite into habaneros. He's so cool when it comes to his, um, what he eats. But the littles that grew up on this side of the border going to like American school with American friends, it's been a little bit harder, but I tell people to never give up, to continue to put that stuff on the table because in the same way that food becomes comfort, so do the smells and so does the experience. So eventually, even if your kids didn't eat the chiles or did not try the chiles relleno, the rellenos and they pushed away the pozole in their hearts and minds and in their subconscious, those foods will exist. So eventually some of them do make their way back. So I'm fine with like, like my pediatrician said, he, he won't die if he doesn't eat vegetables for four days, it's fine. Um, so I'm super chill when it comes to my babies. We have like a rule where in the home, everything is pretty much not processed. I have a huge edible garden in the back. So I'm not wow. worried about it. Like as long as it's good here at home, they can eat whatever they want when they're out in the wild. But yeah, no, I got, I got some picky eaters too. As an actor, a producer, and a proud Latino father, my days can get very busy, which is why I make sure to dedicate time to what's important, like supporting my community through my work, sharing my Colombian and Venezuelan culture, and being present for my family, which is everything to me. Hey everyone, it's Wilmer Valderrama, and we're reflecting on what matters most. I start by giving thanks for good support in my life whenever I need to make the big decisions. How about you? If it's insurance you need, State Farm is there to help you choose the right coverage for you. And State Farm offers great support 24-7. Just call an agent. State Farm is also a big supporter of My Cultura Podcast Network by helping to share our Latinx voices. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Listen to new episodes of your favorite My Cultura shows wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. 
In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am like I am where it is. This isn't going to work. I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is an NAACP and Webby award-winning podcast dedicated to all things mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. Here, we have the conversations that help Black women decipher how their past inform who they are today and use that information to decide who they want to be moving forward. We chat about things like how to establish routines that center self-care, what burnout looks and feels like, and defining what aspects of our lives are making us happy and what parts are holding us back. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. Hey, my name is Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose. I just had a great conversation with Michael B. Jordan, and you can listen to it right now. Michael is known for his performances in both film and television. His breakout role was in Fruitvale Station, playing Oscar Grant, which earned him widespread praise and numerous award nominations. His portrayal of Killmonger in Marvel's Black Panther, one of my favorites, further solidified his status as one of Hollywood's leading actors, earning him widespread acclaim for his complex and compelling performance. In our conversation, Michael really opens up. You're going to love listening to it, and I can't wait for you to check it out. The closest to getting what you want is always the hardest. 
It's always the feeling when you're getting ready to, you know, people give up right before they get what they've always wanted to get. People quit. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. You know what's interesting too is our pediatrician had said, because our daughter used to eat anything when she was younger, and then she became super picky in the last couple of years. Um, and she, and it kind of goes to what you were saying, just keep putting it out there, the smells, you know, things that will come back around. Our pediatrician said it's, they've been proven that it takes something like tasting something 20 times before your brain and your palate, your taste buds will make the decision whether you really don't like it or you do. Yeah. You have to try it 20 different times to really know, okay, I hate this food or I actually like this food. You can't just have it once and go, oh, I don't like this. Yeah. And, and that's my David. He's the most difficult one. His, he, he, he comes from a place of no man. His, he won't even look at it and he'll be like, no, no. And I'll beg for about five minutes and then he'll be like, okay, I'll touch it with my finger and then uh, he'll, do, he'll do that thing. And then he'll be like, okay, I'll do a little bite. Like it's a whole process to get him to try a new food, but eventually he does try it. And I, and I, and I don't give up. I keep putting those things on the table. I know eventually they'll, they'll come back to that. Do you think any of them are going to continue the legacy? Do they like cooking? Do you think that this one is going to probably become a um, chef? I don't know. Uh, the, all three of them happen to have, you know, it's funny that uh, I call David a picky eater because he's, but he's not like, he just have a, has a very small repertoire of food, but he'll eat like, he'll eat a rack of lamb. He'll eat salmon sashimi. He'll eat octopus sashimi. Like he'll eat oh, weird wow. stuff. Like he, he's not just eating, they're not eating chicken, chicken nuggets is what I'm yeah. saying. But like <laughs> all three of them have a, an annoyingly discerning palate. So I don't know if they will become, they will go into the food world. Maybe Anna, my girl, cause she's in the, she's the one that just happens to be the most interested, but like my teenager Fausto, like a couple years ago, he full on was making burritos and selling them at high school and making like 150 bucks a day. So he knows that there's food and there's money. In food if that's the, I just like the business side of it. Oh my gosh. If that's where he wants to go, he's actually a very good, he has, a, they have a, they have a very good palate, all three of them in terms of, um, listen, they've returned food back into the kitchen. So they know food for sure. So I don't know if, if chefs per se, but they will be very, very picky with regards to, you know, the food. That's, do you find, uh, and I, I feel like I know the answer to this, but maybe I'm wrong. I feel like, you know, you, you, if you cook for a living, you're a chef for a living, it, it, putting together a, an amazing dinner every single night is a stretch because I, I don't know. It's like, if I'm an actor. It's like, I go to work every single day. I don't want to come home and just act. You know what I mean? Like you, you tune out with something that you you do for, for work, right? Are you just slamming out amazing dinners every single night? Or, uh, yeah, I didn't think so, right? <laughs> I kind of feel like I knew the answer. baby. No, ironically, <laughs> yeah. Philip, uh, the father of my babies, does a lot of the cooking here at home for that That's same funny. reason, because I'm usually testing recipes or dealing with food all day long. And like I said, I'm, I'm, listen, balanced meals are great, but like quesadillas and carrots are dinner maybe three times a week here at yeah. Casa Marcela, the chef's house. That's just my honest answer. Like, I don't, I they'll, they'll be fine. They'll be Can fine. he cook? Is he a good cook? Oh, he's an excellent cook. His oh, mom, wow. his mom was in, his, his mom is from uh, Mexico City, was an, is an incredible cook. One of the best cooks I've ever known. Uh, oh, one of the wow. few people that I met back in the day that had her own edible garden. So he grew up with like, salad from the car from his mom's garden so wow. he's a very very good cook so i'm happy to give him the baton when i'm like completely over it yeah 
That's and what's incredible. next, Marcela? Now this book that I can wait to get because, you know, I, I, it's interesting. Sabella, our daughter, maybe for the last two years, since COVID hit, I think she stopped, but she was so much into baking and I will make this. And she was convinced she was going to be a baker and she's going to have her own bakery. And she had this big oh. fever about doing desserts. And then she stopped. And I, I'm very curious to, to, to show her the book and say, you know what, Sebi, let's just, let's just cook something. Is it somebody like me? I cook zero. I don't even like it. I'm terrible. Is it easy enough if I pick it up with my daughter that, that is 10 years old? Can I just open it up and cook something very easily? A hundred percent. And that's the focus of the book. All of the procedures are listed in English and Spanish. And for that reason, the recipes had to very had to be very short and to the point because they had to share languages. So literally the space in the page was something that was thought about. All of the ingredients are illustrated and, and named in English and Spanish. And the procedure is fully uh, printed in English and in Spanish all on the same page. Okay. Um, but to answer your question in terms of if you can cook, um, the book it was intent like imagined for children in terms of in its presentation and the illustrations because that's what I wanted. I wanted it to also be an educational tool because for kids that are either learning or struggling or parents that kind of have lost the language. But it also I just wanted it to be Rosin like the basis of home style Mexican cuisine, like the basics, like arroz rojo, um, uh, shredded beef or like taquitos or, 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 or flautas or whatever you want. It's like very, very straightforward. It's like an, it's like an introduction to home style Mexican cooking. It's like if it, if they were building blocks, these are the ones right at the base to get you kind of just excited and unafraid to come into the Mexican kitchen. Oh, oh my God. I can't it's wait. my favorite, I my favorite cuisine is Mexican. I grew up in La Puente. All I did was eat Mexican food my whole life. Rosalind had no idea what she got into because Puerto Rican food is so different. And I love spice. And I mean, there's a lot of flavor in Puerto Rican food and I love Puerto Rican food, but I grew up on Mexican food my whole life. Eric, um, Eric, Eric thinks he's Mexican, to be honest with <laughs> you. Well, anyone that gets introduced to the culture then, then really appreciates the culture. And that's usually what happens. And that's always been the goal. There's so much said uh, and how and done and how we're portrayed and stuff. But when you just kind of open up the book, and I'm not talking about my book, but the general book of our culture and what we have to offer and how we live and how we cook and how we embrace family and all of those things, like there's nothing not to love. It's like a beautiful culture that's wow. my joy and pride to share with the world. Absolutely. It's amazing. Well, thank you so much, Marcela. You're you're incredible. I'm so much looking forward to cooking with you. Thank at you. Home. <laughs> thank you. Yes. Let me know if you do. Let me know if you do and how it yeah, goes. If you have any questions. Sí, For sure. Un Gracias, Gracias. Marcela. Adiós. Chao. Bye-bye. We got to get that book. I know. She's amazing. So lovely. And I'm really, really, I'm really excited to, to show Sebi and, and Dylan, you know, not only to be able to share the Mexican culture with, with them, you know, as a Puerto Rican, I love Mexico, as you know, and I love their food. And for them to be able to, to learn, you know, through colorful illustrations in both languages i think i think it's it's a fantastic idea and i and i hope it does incredibly well can't wait to get you back home and in the kitchen love it oh, Jesus i'm Lord. all about it what cook, i need some home cooked meals by rosalind sanchez well you know can't so wait Salmon mashed potatoes no, ugh, no not that. i want different stuff that you haven't that you don't always do well, Come on, get home and start cooking. I can't that's wait. What I, um, I have Marcela's book, Como se llama Cocinando en Cook Street. So I'm going to surprise you. But right. that's that, it, it'll be a, a one, once a month thing. Don't even think that I'm going to do it all the time. Let's do I it. I love you. 
I love you. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to write us a review and tell us what you think. If you want to follow us on Instagram, check us out at he said ella dijo or send us an email, Eric and Ross at iHeartRadio.com. He said ella dijo is part of iHeartRadio's My Cultura Podcast Network. See you next time. Bye. With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. Welcome to Math & Magic, stories from the frontiers of marketing. This week, I'm talking to the one and only Ryan Seacrest. Love the connection to people. I think at the core, what I get excited about, what gets me up in the morning is connecting with people people in an unscripted, unvarnished way is getting to to say something to them, hear back from them, know that I'm part of the routine. And I look forward to getting on the air. I look forward to it. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics and the magic, the creative spark more than ever. Listen to Math and Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple podcast or wherever you get your podcast. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose. This week, I talked to Tiffany Haddish in a hilarious, deep, thoughtful interview where we dive into family trauma, grief, sobriety, love, and dating. I got a big heart, and I'm very forgiving, but, like, don't abuse it. It's been abused enough. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss this one. I'm Jordan Gonsalves, and I'm a journalist. Join me on my new podcast, But We Loved, coming May 15th, where queer elders recount the amazing history they've lived through. In the middle of Wall Street, they stopped traffic. They were doing a die-in. And in the process, share little gems of wisdom for the next generation. The key is to understanding yourself, learning to love and embrace yourself, You can listen to But We Loved May 15th on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.